You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio.
Identify any areas in your life where stagnation is manifesting. Now, I know some of you might say, no, I can't. Well, I want us to look at stagnation for what it really is. Some people have identified stagnation as something that's not growing or that's not producing. I don't believe that stagnation. To me, stagnation can also be that, yes, we're growing. Yes, we're producing. However, we're growing and producing in a manner that's disrespectful to the purpose and the greatness that resides inside of us. And listen, we all have areas where we can identify that we could be doing a lot better in. There's greater potential in those areas than we are experiencing. And guess what? I have a tool that will help you begin to experience transformation in those areas of stagnation in your life. And that tool is called from Stagnation to Transformation. That's right. That is my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to head over to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. I want you to hit there. I want you to hit the Transformation tab. There you're going to find a free preview of my book. That's right, a free preview of my book. And I promise you, after you read the preview, you're going to want to invest in your personal transformation through purchasing the book. So again, hit over there. Purchase the book. Let me know you purchased it. Here's what I always say, guys. If you purchase the book, you read the book, you apply the principles in your life, and yet you still are stagnant in the areas that you are applying them to, and you're not experiencing any transformation, and you can prove to me that you have applied these principles, I will give you a a 100% refund. That's right, a 100% refund. Why? Because I believe in the application of the principles that are outlined in this book. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. Mm-hmm. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to, or welcome to, if you're a first-time listener, Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of abundance and purpose. Again, thank you for joining us on tonight, guys. I am extremely excited on tonight, even though I queued up the wrong intro. Nevertheless, I do want you to understand just how awesome and amazing you are. And if you listen to the lyrics of those words, those lyrics can help you at some of your lowest moments in life, when you feel as if you're nothing, when you feel as if you're not loved, you feel as if there's no way, no hope, no how. Listen to the lyrics of those songs, of that song, and that will help you continue on in your journey, all right? But here's why I'm excited tonight. Two reasons, all right? Three reasons. One, I'm excited to be back because it's been a while. I've been on a little hiatus. That's number one. I'm excited to be back with each and every one of you. Number two, we have an amazing guest on tonight that I believe if you will listen to this young man's story, it's going to aid in your personal transformation. So I'm excited about that. And number three, guys, today is April the 22nd. I did not realize until about an hour ago that this very day last year, April 22nd, 2019, we had our very first show of Transformation Radio. Now, if you go back and listen to that first show and then listen to this show, you will see the growth that this show has experienced. My first show, man, it was, oh, man, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I did not want to be on radio. I didn't, I don't, if anybody knows me, I would love to do the work behind the camera, behind the scenes. But, you know, when purpose pulls you and calls you somewhere, many times it's going to lead you to places that you are uncomfortable, but you're going to find out in those uncomfortable spaces just how awesome you were created to be. So I want to thank Miss Yvonne Mason for inviting me and, and welcoming me to the Off the Chain family and allowing me to have Transformation Radio on this station. I also want to take time to shout out our very first guest, Apostle James Triplett. I thank you. I appreciate you for the push, the encouragement, for even being on the show when I was so green. If y'all go back and listen to the show, you'll know I didn't even know how to work the switchboard. Uh, we had no way of communicating with each other behind the scenes, so we were communicating on the fly. It has been such a great journey for me. And I remember somebody had encouraged me, man, delete your old shows that had the sound problems and had all these other problems. But I don't delete them. You know why? Because I want to be able to physically measure growth. And I want others that are looking for an example to be able to physically measure growth. So that's a message to each and every one of you that are out there as well. Some of you are waiting for everything to be right or everything to be perfect or everything to look like it is professionally produced before you're willing to step out and do some of the great things that are inside of you. I encourage you today, if it's a podcast, begin to plan and implement that plan 
uh, 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 begin to plan and implement a plan of execution for your podcast. Quit trying to wait for everything to fall in line and be perfect. Sometimes you got to be like Nike and just do it. Even with ministry things and business and in your personal life, things that you're afraid to take that jump and take that leap, begin to take some of those leaps, begin to jump. And I'm telling you, your life will never, ever, 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 I think you get it, be the same, all right? So, again, I thank you, Yvonne. I thank you, Apostle James. I got to get you back on the show now so that you can have a, a proper uh, show because that first show, you really helped us through, you know, some uh, transitional moments. We started off the show, guys, by going uh, one sh- by having one show a month. And I remember I was like, man, I, I don't even have time to do one show a month. Then in September, we went to two shows a month. Then by December, I think we did like six or seven shows because it was my birthday month and we were doing something special. One of the things I wanted to do for my birthday was introduce everybody to some people that could help them along the way. We had some very special guests, you know, throughout the entire year and through that uh, the month of December. And what I'm going to do real quick, uh, I'm going to go through the list of our guests just to thank them for being there with me in that first year, y'all, because we're about to take off and do some crazy stuff. I mean, some crazy stuff. And I remember when I first started the show, I was hesitant about some of the people that I wanted to invite on the show, the ideas I had for the show, because Yvonne had basically given me her audience and said, here, you know, and she made her audience my audience. And I thank each and every one of you for continuing to listen to the show, even though there's such diversity, you know, from my show to her show and even other shows on this very network. So, guys, again, I thank you. So, I thank Apostle James. I thank author uh, Keisha Brown. Author Keisha Brown was our first two-time guest on the show. I thank my brother, uh, Prophet Delquan Johnson. He was the most viewed show that we've had up until the month of December of 2019. He's now the second most viewed show, viewed show, viewed or not viewed, listen to show. I'm acting like we're on TV already. Uh, but I thank him for who he is. Pastor Clarence Hayes out of Philadelphia. Make sure you guys are checking all of these people out. They have amazing ministries. They have amazing businesses. They are amazing individuals. They are changing the game like we know it. Uh, Dr. Jesse Sanders, uh, Samuel Dennison, who is going to be coming back on the show as well. Uh, Willie Sanders, uh, Pastor Gordon Walker. That's my massage therapist, guys. Awesome business. Check him out. Um, Demetrius Moore, Apostle Antoine Wallace, a teacher of teachers. Uh, Michael uh, McMillan, Jr. Um, This guy, I'll be honest, was my favorite interview so far, Uh, and that was Darius Lavelle Mitchell, or Darius, I said Darius, Darius Lavelle Mitchell, Some of you may know him as Kid. Some of you know him as the Icon Kid. It was my most controversial um, interview that I've done for some of the people that were listeners of the show. However, the amazing thing about it is it became my most viewed show. His two-part, because we did a two-part interview, both interviews have now become the most viewed. So I don't care what your background is. I don't care what other people think about your background or even your present moment. If you have a story, I believe that this is a platform that the creator gave me to open up 
for individuals to be able to share their story, okay? Uh, Devin Eugene Reese, Mark Coley, Evan Brown, Deron Essex. That was all of 2019, guys. It was only supposed to be 12 shows. We ended up doing 18 shows with 16 guests. Then transitioning to 2020, we started off with a banger, Mr. Kyle King. Then we had Justin Michael Williams. And then we had Derek Gordon, who still has to come back on and complete part two. But each and every one of you guys that I named, I appreciate you. I believe in everything that you are doing, and I believe that the world is a greater place because of each and every one of you. All right, now that's out of the way. I'm just excited, guys, and I wanted to celebrate, you know, the fact that we made it a year, guys, because you don't know how many times I wanted to quit. <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but you don't understand how many times I wanted to quit but I understood that I could not quit. And the reason why I understood that I could not quit is because I understand what I've been called and created to do. But also, guys, you guys give tremendous feedback. You give tremendous support. And because of your love and your support, I was able to understand the value and the importance of what it is that we are offering through Transformation Ready. All right, so let's get to tonight's show. I've kept my guests waiting long enough. As I said, we have an amazing guest. I do want to reiterate, uh, because it's been a while, this is a safe space for everybody to come on and express their belief systems and who they are. Everything that's said by our guests and myself, you may not agree with, and that's okay. We all can agree to disagree in a respectful manner, but the key word to that is respect. That's the root word of respectful, is respect. We want to do things in a respectful manner. I open up the phone lines. You're able to call in throughout the entire show because why? It's an open conversation for all of us. However, you must call in and be respectful of my guests, other callers, and myself. If any time I feel any energy that's disrespectful, I'm going to be forced to push a little button that's going to end our communication. But I don't believe we're going to have that problem tonight because I believe the listeners out there are ready and open to receive as well as our guest is ready and open to share. So let's get this call-in number before I get to him. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. Again, you can call in at any time throughout the show. But now, without further ado, I want you all to help me welcome to the show Bishop, Prophet, LeBrett Foster. LeBrett, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. As I said, I'm excited. This is uh, kicking off our second year, and I couldn't. Think of a better way to kick it off with than with a great conversation with an with an individual that is creative and just ready to do things that have never been done before. So, unless you have anything else to say, we're gonna dive right into the conversation. Absolutely. Okay. So here's how I always like to start the conversation. I start the conversation with an icebreaker or a. Um, Just a a fun question, just to break the ice, basically. And that question is, 
if you had one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Uh, to fly. Um, because okay. I won't have to worry about paying. paying. Like, I can get to work yes, uh, exactly at the time that I need to get to work. So it would be flying. Definitely would be flying. Listen, that, would, that would be a great, like you said, you, would, you wouldn't have to worry about traffic. You wouldn't have to worry about fees. You wouldn't have to worry about any of, yeah. any of those things. You could leave a, <laughs> leave a little later. You could do all of those great things. So I definitely get that. Awesome. So now here's what we're going to do. This helps us transition into our conversation. Sometimes we finish the game. Sometimes we don't. Uh, but what we're going to do, okay. we're going to play a game of word association. Okay? I okay. have here... Eight words, okay? I want you to okay. tell me either in one word, a statement, or however, however way you want to express what this word means. If you want to sing, you can sing it. You have a scripture you want to share. If you have a, you know, a um, excerpt from your book that concerns that you want to share, just express it in whatever manner you want to. Sometimes, like I said, okay. we don't get through the entire list because we'll get stuck on one word, and before we know it, the time is up. So we're going to start with the word life, life. Well, um, I think as I always say, um, <clears throat> when I'm doing a live uh, message or when I'm doing you know, little messages that can go on little Facebook, uh, where you can watch it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat. Life is full of surprises, but at the same mm. time, it's how we live our life. Are we living it positive or are we living the way that we want people to see us in? Like, what what style are we living our life? What lifestyle are you living? How are you living? Um, are you pushing to live a better life? Like, are you trying to get yourself out the hood? Are you are you trying to be creative with your life and where you're trying to go? So that's definitely an easy word for me. Got you. Now I'm going to ask a question right off of that word. You talked about life being full of surprises. Uh, what are, what is uh, or how have you handled surprises in your life? How do you handle those surprises? Because, you know, sometimes in life we want things to go, you know, I want A to match, uh, to lead me to B, and then B to lead me to C. And sometimes life will be A, Z, R, P, B, Q, all over the place. How do you handle that? Well, I've grown to – it was a hassle for me, Um Handling mm -hmm. things uh, growing up, like the age I am now, I don't probably tell people I'm 30, but you know, prior to me living in DC for eight years, I hit rock bottom back to back to back. And so yeah. it took me to move in my best friend's house, and he only had a one bedroom apartment. So I had to like sit still before I made it to Atlanta and actually endure the process of processes of trying to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. What did I want to do? What did I want to do for school? Because at that particular time, it seemed like my career in fashion and retail was over. Um, and so I wind up just sitting there and 
getting my thoughts together and allowing my instincts and my creativity to start flowing and be like, okay, I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to get, I'm going to collect unemployment and I'm just going to enjoy the several months or the eight months. It was maybe about 12 or 13 months where I got to enjoy the unemployment before I made my decision to move to Atlanta. And then I wind up getting a job in retail. Um, So it's, it, it, it was something for me to hit rock bottom. Um, I hit Brock Bottom four times and then to move to Atlanta and hit it twice and now I'm back home to Pennsylvania to where I seem to be doing pretty good. So let me ask you a question because you're talking about hitting rock bottom and I think we all have those rock bottom moments and those uh, rock bottom experiences and each of us, you know, you hear that word rock bottom, it means something different to all of us yet in turn means the same. How did you develop that tenacity to be able to bounce back from the rock bottom and and understand that you weren't defined by that rock bottom? You were defined by what you were going to do with that rock bottom. What happened was my faith is very strong. Um, And I I say it's gotten much more stronger. Um, as I begin to develop and to understand, but um, it took it took a lot of effort, a lot of courage to admit because that that's that was what was holding me back was the fact that I wasn't admitting mm-hmm. that I hit rock bottom and I wasn't trying to look mm-hmm. apart for anybody. So when I became transparent within myself, transparent within my spirit, we know that God knows, but when I was able to pray those things out and to utter those things into the atmosphere, I was able to fully get myself together and to and to bounce back. It was to the point to where at that particular time I couldn't even write. And so once I started to admit that, it was around springtime, I started to admit that I got robbed. Um, between that particular time, and then I said, okay, I got to admit that I actually have hit a rock bottom here. That was my first time ever being robbed. And everything started coming. Like when I tell you that I was able, I forgot I had insurance on everything, and then they, people were just telling me, you need to call insurance. And I was like, oh, I don't have insurance. And I wind up getting everything back. I wind up, my creative mm. juices started flowing again. And so I'm, I, with me, it was the fact that I had to admit it because I was holding everything back and I was not admitting it to myself. That was the only, I was my own hindrance. Mm. To the point to where I was able to admit, okay, you hit rock bottom and to pray and to, you know, seek clarity and direction. And that's how I got to bounce back all those times. Awesome. Awesome. Now, let's go to the second word. That was good. The second word is love. Love yourself. Love where you're going. And I'm going to add embrace. Love and embrace where you're going. Okay. And to love everything around you. Okay. Can we talk about a little bit about loving yourself? I always like to hear everybody's definition or everybody's uh, view of loving yourself. Uh, what does loving yourself mean to LeBret? Uh, 
loving myself is me, and I say even in my book, how I embraced a new identity. And I didn't forget who I was, and I didn't forget where I came from. That's what keeps that's what keeps me humble. But it was the fact mm-hmm. that I found this new wind of myself, even with writing, because I love to write, where I can get all my creative thoughts together or when I'm upset or depressed, I have a uh, nobody judge me. I have a little bit of agenda calendar, but I turned it into a note a notepad um, inside. So I write all of my personal notes, um, pr- prophecies, everything that comes to my mind. I write, and so it it helps me when I go back to look to where I see a different me, which I embrace a different me with my looks, my styles. I'm very fluent with changing my styles now, so. I began. I it's just something with falling in love with me, and it has everything to do with allowing yourself to have a to have another part of you that has never been or has been dormant. And so I just been allowing doing ministry for so long. And people tell me take a break. You've been in this since you were sixteen. Take a break. And taking a break, I began to develop myself. I began to go to school. I began to be this creative person. And even when I got back in ministry, I was still this person. I was still creative. Still doing what I needed to do. Still had to balance. But my first love is me. I can't love my daughter. I can't love my family if I don't love myself. I can't love God if I don't love myself. Right. So it and that's what with it loving yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that's so true that that sometimes we try to focus on loving everyone externally that we miss out on the point that the the best way that we can love them is by loving ourselves. I used to tell people how I found it easy to express love or sometimes what I thought was love to others while hating myself. But when I really fell in love with myself, I realized that the love that I was able to give was more authentic, more freeing, and even more received because now I was owning it as well. So did you ever have a time where you struggled with loving yourself, loving who you who you were or who people perceived you to be? Yes. And I I laughed at it and I'm gonna tell you why I laughed at it and um I made a lot of other people laugh at it. Me and my aunt just recently recently laughed at it to be honest. Um because there was a time that I hated how I looked. I hated mm-hmm. that I had a gap, I hated that I had a big forehead and a long nose. I thought I was Italian. So mm-hmm. when I began to love myself I would tell people I use my gap and my forehead to an advantage to get mm-hmm. who I want and what I want. Mm. So um, I all, it, it was always a thing growing up. You know, I would have people tell me you're very handsome and stuff like that. I used to walk with my head down growing up because I would to myself, this is all me. It has to deal with me, my, me not accepting myself, myself or the identity that I, I had. Um, and I still have like, you know, there is moments where I'm like, oh no, this is this is this is terrible. But I, I flipped that and like, no, let's see how I'm going to do this. Let's see how I'm going to do that. So it was an issue um, in my childhood all the way up until my last year of high school. When 
I decided I wanted to change my look for the first time. And that was, I told my mom to go get me some Dickies, a Dickie shirt, and um, some Tims. And that was the first time I ever wore boots. Mm-hmm. My family thought I was going through an identity crisis. When I went my, my last year in high school, I said, no, I want to change my look because it's something inside of me that I want to do that's forcing me to let this other side of me out. Mm. So absolutely, it was. It was definitely. It was. It. It wasn't hard. It was just. It took me on to high school to okay. fully love myself. Now I want to ask you a question. That we talked about. You talked about the creativity and releasing the creativity and becoming fluid in your fashion. Do you believe? You know, just asking your thoughts on this this question here. Do you believe that many creatives? Creativity is smothered because they won't allow themselves to be fluid in an expression of themselves that they've never done before or look they've never done before, the struggle they have with that? Yes, and I'm I'm saying yes mm-hmm. because I, I have a degree in um, from our institute, even though it's no longer here. I got it while I was in D.C., um, and mm-hmm. our professor always said, you know, you, fashion is eternal, but fashion is your own statement. And a lot of people don't think because they go off a trend, they don't know how to broaden their own self. They don't know how to be creative because they're following mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to get certain things from certain people. But me, I don't care. I'm, if I, I put checker and plan together and will rock it <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's yeah, it's it's expressing your own creativity. It's, that's your identity that nobody can steal. And so you see a lot of people in any type of culture that is scared because they're looking at what other people might say. Now, when you go to New York City, you see our diversity of everything in the summertime, and I, my Absolutely. eyeballs just just be looking because people are expressing who they are, and they're very fluent expressing who they are. Mm-hmm. And don't care. I that seen a guy with with his with his girlfriend not too long ago. He was cut. I said, "Is that your wife back? That's cute." He said, "No, this is my purse." I said, "Excuse me." He said, "You good? Brand new Louis purse. It was a small little bag, and she carrying around the book bag. So it was the opposite. So people right. express their own self in their own way. And I think even I think sometimes that we have to learn how to step outside the box. It's okay mm-hmm. to step out little by little. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's why I wanted to ask your thoughts on it too. I feel like a lot of people's creativity gets smothered because they're so worried about if I wear this, if I say this, if I change my hair color, if I change my hair mm-hmm. style, if I rock a purse, if I rock a man bag, mm-hmm. if I do any of those things, people are going to laugh at, laugh at me. They're going to say this about me. They're going to say that about me. And whenever you have that mindset, you begin to limit your creativity because now you're submitting to what other people are identifying as their norm. You're making it your norm. So that's that's one of the things that, that I like that I notice, you know, from afar about you is that even with your fashion, even with your post, you're not going trying to mimic what somebody else is doing. You're blazing your own trail. 
And I believe that when you get people that blaze their own trail, it helps set other people free as well. And that's ministry too, you know. So yes, I like that. Well, which leads us leads us right to our next word, which is ministry. Did you hear me? No, I didn't. Oh, so ministry. The next word is ministry. Yeah. Oh, let's see. I've been I'm born and raised in Church of God in Christ. Um mm-hmm. Ezekiel Church of God in Christ here in Chester, Pennsylvania. Um I've been a YPW president for the district that I was under, which was the Keystone District, um, Bishop Williams. Who is actually still living? His son, I believe, is the uh, is the pastor of the church now. But um, I became an elder at the age of eighteen. Um, I was an adjutant. At that time, we, we called them armor bearers. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a junior deacon at God's House of Prayer and we prayer after I left the Church of God in Christ, and that's when I fully started. Venturing out after I left the Church of God in Christ, um, due to I I started studying the word homosexuality on my own because I okay. felt that strong that strong urge and instincts which bumped heads because I was I was getting ready to become assistant pastor um, to um, Elder Carroll's uh, church, so we, we began to bump heads. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna leave. Um, left the jurisdiction, left the fellowship, um, and got under Apostle Andre Merritt, I believe, who is now in the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've just been pushing, uh, I want to say, well, let's see, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Well, run about 12, 13 years of preaching. I've got six years of pastoring under my belt. Okay. And it's been rocky. It's mm-hmm. had nice crowds. Um, definitely had nice crowds. Um, but people can make 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 you not have a joyous time pastoring. Let's just say it like that. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah. So, so now yeah. I, I was listening to what you were saying um, about how you started studying, um, you know, the word homosexuality. So, how was that transition for you? you I heard you talk about Church of God in Christ. That is one extreme <laughs> to another extreme. You know? So, how did you yeah. handle that whole process? Was was that a a rough transition for you? Did it uh, start rough and become an easier transition for you? Did you have mentors you reached out to? Well, how did how did that transition take place? I do have mentors. Um, one of them is o, um, is O.C. Allen. We have another one that's Apostle Lay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know Apostle Lay. He's my godfather. Okay, yeah, um, Apostle Lay. Yeah, he that's that's one man that just is on point. I have Rabbi Dante Sullivan, who's in Atlanta. Um, so I had a lot of people. Um, that are mentors to me. My spiritual mother is Michelle Tillich um, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, 
Timothy Lee Jackson Smith was a mentor. Um, but transitioning from to Church of God in Christ, this man is my actual sibling. He's a family member. Um, okay. So it it's very awkward because I've heard conversations um, about him. You know, people they talk. This church is full of old people, and they still talk. Um, you know, the fact that I'm a bishop and I'm an openly gay. I'm a actually that has, it's not even the fact that I'm openly anything. It's just the fact that I'm progressive. So the fact that they know that I'm a progressive bishop, um, it he does not like it. So when he sees me at major functions, it's, he'll shun me away until the end of the function. Um, and when I speak, it's like, I don't, I, I don't boast myself up, but as my, my family didn't say it, it's like he gets mad and angry and tries to follow right behind me. Mm-hmm. But I look at it as my gift, I let my gift speak. I don't try to, I don't right. try to speak for my gift. And so that's what people see, but it was a hard transition with him. It was easy mm-hmm. for everybody else because my daughter's mother is from the same church, but, you know, Grace Church of God in Christ, which my church came out of this major superintendent in the Church of God in Christ in Pennsylvania, came out of a major church. So everybody mm-hmm. knows about me, and everybody knows my balance and how I am. So when they're around me, they, 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 they call me, they try not to call me bishop because I ask them not to call me by my name. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was just hard for him. I'm guessing because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And my grand, my 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 family is. I'm the third generation to come out of that church. My mother's come out of it. My my grandmother's come out of it. My great grandmother has came out of it. Um. So I'm. I left. They all stayed. My grandmother and my mother are still there. Okay. I left. My sister left. But I am the third out of my family on that side. Because my dad there and me, but on that side I'm the um, I'm the third generation Church of God in Christ. Understand? Well, sometimes God has to pull you out. You you learn what you learn for for see a season or seasons, but then your purpose ends up being something bigger, greater, far beyond you know what would be the restraints or or the the restrictions of that. So. That's a good thing that you were willing to hear God and be willing to step out for a people that many don't know how to handle, you know, as it relates to ministry, you know, because I, you know, that can be very challenging as well because it, we've been mishandled so many years, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to hear you. You know, how you went from one extreme to the other because, you know, we all have our own journey uh, and things that we can laugh at and then some things that sometimes still make us cry about, but we were willing to go through that process. So let's go to the next word here, fashion. Well, (laughs) I think I already probably already touched that one. Um, So for me, it's, it's, it's just a way of life for me. Um, I've been okay. in this fifteen years. I got I've been a regional, regional uh merchandiser for Ann Taylor. 
um, I've been a stylist and a sales lead, ship supervisor, co-manager for BCBG. Um, I'm now at Express as a stylist and a, a visual assistant. And now I, because I'm going, I'm going to uh, school for pre-law, um, criminal justice, and biblical studies. Mm-hmm. I am, I work part-time as a security guard overnight and do some extra stuff. So they put the security and concierge together. Um, okay. So fashion is just, it's just fashion to me. It's just, it's an everyday thing. It's just a way of life. Even when I'm home, I got a habit of being fashionable. It's not put together. It's just who I am. I get that. And I think that you, you tonight have, have caused a lot of us to look at fashion differently because you made us understand the embodiment of it being who one is. So it's kind of, I look at, I look at a lot of things from branding and marketing and um, mm-hmm. listening to you talk about fashion. It's like, it ties right into the personality, the identity, the creativity of an individual. And a lot of people miss the, the, uh, the, how powerful fashion can be. Because sometimes, you know, it's kind of shunned. Okay? So now let's talk. The word is purpose. Purpose. I believe that everybody has a purpose. Um, Some people get that that purpose taken away. Um, We got to bury my cousin. He was shot and killed. Um, He's 15. So some people don't even get a chance to see their purpose. Some people die before, the, before, you know, at an old age and never got a chance to actually experience their purpose. So everything has a purpose. Everything has a plan. Everything has a purpose. Um, I'm a firm believer that it was in the plan of God and the will of God for my life to come back home for a certain amount of time to finish getting this degree, to complete, to, uh, to, okay. but I started to complete so everything has a purpose. Um, we just have to learn how to look at it in that in the correct lens to understand that it was for, it was meant for a purpose. Okay. Next word: transformation. Whew. That could be hard for some people, mm-hmm. like because you have to. A lot of a lot of people like my even with myself, it could be hard because you're you're becoming something that you're not used to and it makes you uncomfortable because you don't mm-hmm. you feel like you're about to go nuts before you even right. know that you have actually became that person that individual that is better and so or, or it could be worse because some people don't know how to take it. Um, but for myself. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Transformation is definitely good, and especially in the realms of the spirit. Like, you have to know that you're not going to be in one dimension, in one realm, and then hit to another dimension. It, it just won't work. So even with a balanced life or, or, or outside of the church, you have to know that even with those that might not be in the church, you are still 
you still have to go to another height, another depth. And so, with if you if you can't stay stagnant because if you stay stagnant, you're just going to miss everything and you're going to be unbalanced. Right. Awesome. No, no, nothing else to add to that. That was very okay. Now we're going to kind of talk a little bit about your book for these last two words, okay? The first okay. word is struggle. Struggle. What does that word mean to you? Or struggles? That word to me means everything. That is how I got struggles I've overcome is because mm-hmm. of my childhood. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, it's just it's a medical. It's not a medical anything. It is actually genetic. ADHD, OCD, and ADD is mm-hmm. a genetic thing. It, it, and it comes from either two of your parents or one of your parents. And my father is mentally slow. Um, and I have no problem. And I tell people I don't I don't say it for sympathy or anything like that. It it, it just happened. It just happens to be. Um, and me growing up, I was seven. I knew how to tie my shoes. I turned eleven. I wish my aunt was up because. She, she would definitely tell me the correct age. My aunt was taking me home this particular day. She said, Isaac, tie your shoes. And I looked down, and I tried, and I said, I don't know how to tie my shoe. My aunt said, okay, so I call a tie shoe. Told my cousin to tie my shoe. She took me home and said, Layla, Isaac is forgetting plain and simple things. Go get him help. I was around about eight. I believe I was around about eight. And my mom would ask me stuff, and I'd be like, oh, I don't know. I, I forgot how to spell it. I forgot to spell my own name. And so it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a genetic thing. I was on medication for years. I've seen a therapist for years. I, I, was, six, I was 15 because I was 16 when I started preaching and took myself off of medicine, told my therapist, I don't want to take this no more. I'm going to watch God, and you're going to watch God get me out of this, take me away from this. And indeed, that happened. The therapist said, I need no more therapy. Um, you know, but battling ADHD, now, can, battling we, can we OCD, stop right there? Yes. Can we, I just want to pause just right there just for a minute because you said something, and I want everybody to hear what you said because you said something so powerful. You made up in your mind, I'm done with this medication. However, yeah. You also took action behind it. You had the faith, but you also had action. And then that faith plus that action equaled the results, and not just results that you saw in yourself, that your therapist was also able to identify. Am yeah, I correct? Yeah, and it's okay. yes, it, you're definitely correct. And people, but people fail to realize that. I um, I'm gonna go fast forward just a little bit. They can probably rewind back. You're good. I I, I told it was, it was this Caucasian woman at when I was working. At, everybody knows that I was a store manager at Starbucks in D.C. Um, and we had a big store. And this lady, this lady, she said something about you, and I told her my story. She said, "Help me get my son off of this because he don't want to take it." And I I told her how to wing it off, and he won't go off really good. But it's in the sixth grade, he's still doing good. They're they're actually on my Facebook. Um, so it it's. It's how you do it. It's not just saying, oh, just wing yourself off of it and you don't have no favor. It's hard because you're going to have that side effect. Mm-hmm. I have side effects. Um, 
but it's how you do things. It's how you do it. It's the way you do it. And I wanted to show myself that I could do it, just like me going to the Marine Corps was something that I wanted to do. And I even struggled with that, um, being under a particular leader. And I'm putting my business out there. I'm not going to – can't give his name. Um, but, right. you know, we were – we were DL. We were down low. He was my first relationship. I didn't know mm-hmm. nothing about a gay relationship. I was molested at a young age. Me and my sister together um, by one of my grandma's boyfriends, we were molested um, okay. and, and, and raped. But, you know, be, I, told, I told my family before that I always had that feeling that I wanted to mm-hmm. be with another same-sex man. I love women, too, but... At that particular time, I I knew I was more attracted to men. So we were down low, and, you know, we lived in my condo in Raleigh. I would drive. It was a long drive, but I would drive to go back to base um, when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, you know, we, we struggled. We, we fought. My f- first time ever fighting um, another another person, hand-to-hand. Hand hand. Um, mm-hmm. I've experienced my... I've experienced struggles in D.C. living in my very first apartment because it was in his apartment. I was paying for the condo, but it was in his name. But my very first mm-hmm. apartment was in D.C. where I moved individuals in that I thought was friends that I was close with, and they screwed me over. Um, so I learned from that, struggling with not having nothing in the house, trying to make ends meet, trying to do this, trying to do that trying to please everybody, but forgetting about LeBret. Come on. I'm always, always helping out everybody else, and everybody else will dog my name out, but I forgot all about LeBret. Mm-hmm. That's what made me move to D.C. because I had a friend here in Philadelphia. He said, hey, I want you to move into my bedroom. This, you'll pay me so-and-so a month. He lied to me about a lot of things. Then one day I told him, I, you're not going to use me. I, he was the first person I ever uh, I ever um, corrected. So you're not going to use me. Um, I'm going back home. Well, I'm, or, no, I was getting ready to move to D.C. because um, Apostle Smith wanted me to move to D.C. Um, so I could better myself because I told him what was happening. And he threw my stuff out on the street corner and then blasted it on Facebook. And all my friends are inboxing me asked me what's going on am I okay and I didn't know until I went on there myself all because I wouldn't give you $200 and you gotten $700 already from me Mm -hmm. and you were using me when you had a dresser full of money and your your own best friend who lived downstairs from you told me and I went able I was able to see it myself so that's what made me cautious about people period because mm-hmm. I'm so gullible, I'm very gullible, um, mm-hmm. to the point to where those things kept happening, back to back to back. But I didn't blame them. I blame myself because this is a repeated right. cycle that I should have broken. So I talk, mm-hmm. I talk about that too. But struggle for me is a word that I I still hold uh, close to me because what keeps me humble is me going back to my past so that way I won't, one, I won't go through the same thing again, but two, it'll keep me humble because I know how it is to struggle. 
Okay. So now um, the last word is also in the title of your book, too. It's overcoming or becoming an overcomer. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you define what an overcomer is and how you begin to see and view yourself as an overcomer. Being an overcomer means you have overcame obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. You've overcame certain tragedies or struggles. You've overcame fear. You've, you're not no longer scared of embracing a new identity, um, and that could be spiritually and naturally. And for me, and it's all the above. Um, when I when I began to write the book eight years ago, it it took a lot of me. I had stopped. I stopped for two years when I moved to DC. I picked it back up and stopped for about five or six years. And it was overseer David Parker, um, well now overseer David Griffin, who told me you need to write your book. And this time, not put it down. In the middle of his house, he just randomly says this. And I said, wow. So I, at that particular time, I used his MacBook. I sat at his desk, and I said, I don't want to type it. I just want to look at your MacBook. And I began to write. And I sat there for about to 2 o'clock in the morning, to be exact. Um, and I have written about... 250 pages at that particular time. And that's when I started to heal myself. Um, Because that was a lot of hurt in that book. And it's funny, some people may laugh at it, but I had to have close friends pray over that were spiritual pray over that. Overseer Parker was, uh, Overseer Griffin was, uh, one of those people that I told myself, I want you to pray over every paper that I'm getting ready to use, every paper that I already use was already written because I don't want nobody else to feel this hurt when they read this book. Because me writing this stuff, a lot of people feel and realize when you're writing a book, if you're not cautious, you don't know what can jump after you typed it, even when you type it, you don't know what can jump off of a book to where a person that is sensitive can feel it. So um, I become the, I, be, I began to overcome a lot of stuff by writing that book. And I began to smile more because I wouldn't, I would not, I, it was hard for me to laugh. It was hard for me to smile. And I, I smile so much now. I don't, and you know, it's it's crazy because I I just I think about something. I just break out and smile just randomly. Um, because it was it 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 was with me getting this on paper that I was able to overcome. It, and it wasn't the fact that I overcame every obstacle of fear and molestation and and uh being used and you know embracing the identity it was the fact that I was able to write it that I overcame my own testimony. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to ask you a question um, then. 
because yeah, I, I'm gonna let you finish, but I just want to interject something real quick. Um, you're basically telling me then that writing is a form of healing. Writing is a form of deliverance. Writing is a form of therapy. Writing can can help you gain hold of your life once again. If it was a smile that's missing, that smile, that happiness, that peace, that rest that you need can be found sometimes in simply your willingness to write it out. Yes. Even and the the the, the, the crazy part about it is if you and it's gonna uh, what I'm gonna say is gonna be crazy, but if you mm-hmm. if some people will pick up and read um and uh what is that Habeka uh two I think it's two mm-hmm. where it says write mm-hmm. the vision make it plain, but plain. if mm-hmm. you fully understand what that prophet was saying when you pick <laughs> that pen up and you begin to write you'll be able to get rid of certain things from your own self. Now, those that are prophetic mm-hmm. scribes, they understand that. They understand that formatting because I, 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 I myself developed the fact that I was a part of, the, of being a prophetic scribe. But before I even knew what the prophetic was, it was, it was healing to me. It's still healing to me. And, that, and a lot of times my, my grandma died about six years ago, my great-grandma. Um, and I eulogized my, my 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 only. I have one grandmother left, but I eulogized my other great grandmother recently. And I began to write and I began to cry because these are two prominent women in my life. The first one I have I didn't even heal from, and it wasn't until I had to write a eulogy wow. on my way to New Jersey to go pick up a garment that I never even wore to eulogize my grandma. My great grandmother, mm. and I was able to cry. So it is definitely a form, and you, it could be from you typing on your iPad or, or typing on your MacBook. Any form mm-hmm. that seems like it's writing is a healing. It is a healing process. Awesome, and and I I encourage people all the time. I tell everybody, no, everybody's not going to write a book. I do believe everybody has the ability to write a book. You have the ability to do whatever it is that you desire to do. However, I do believe that it is so powerful to put down what is inside of your head, to put that thing to paper and, and cause it to to live outside of you is so powerful. And I believe that sometimes it's missed because sometimes we think, no, nah. first of all, nobody wants to read my story. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Nobody cares, but they, you don't realize just how powerful it is to you yourself first for you to release yeah. it. So let's talk about the book a little bit, okay? Now, um, I was listening to you talk about your writing process and how you started and then you stopped um, and then you picked it up and, and you completed it. Now, where can the book be found now? Tell the people where they can get the book or uh, I believe I've read if I'm not mistaken the other day that you had said that uh, you're revising it and it'll be out again yes. soon. Yes, okay. I'm revising it. Okay. Um, the website, which is is my full name, um, LabretteFoster.com, it will be back up soon. Everything will be back up. I okay. wanted everything to be down. I, I The person that 787 Publishing Company um, helped uh, help me with mocking the news side. She didn't like 
the way everything was and did what they did one of my professors and I didn't. But I I wanted to I went with uh what was that, ninety nine ninety nine something publishing company that is a self it's a self publishing company and I wanted to go ahead because I had already placed the order, already did it and I just wanted to go ahead and get this this first phase of the book out to friends and family. Um a couple of people barred it. Um, but this new one will be out preferably by October. The only reason why I pushed it to October is because I want to make sure that all of my resources mm-hmm. uh, are met. Because because of what's happening, I couldn't get it at, to, on my birthday because the shutdown, because of other issues with scheduling at work mm-hmm. and I have no hours. So I was like, okay, I have to – yeah, I have to – because um, I was going to do a book signing, but I had to push that until October. So it'll be definitely be here. I'm definitely going to keep you updated. Um, but okay. I also put there's a link on there for PayPal too. So PayPal always alerts me. I have two alerts, and I haven't accepted the money yet. Um, I only did twenty five dollars because it's shipping and handling. So um, I made it really cheap, but it will be out soon. It would be on my website, and then I'm going to try to look into Amazon as well as Apple because I know Apple also mm-hmm. helps with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, when when you when you release it, definitely let me know. We'll get you back on here too. And um, what I'll do is I'll purchase a couple as a giveaway to those who are calling because you guys can see how powerful his story is just in the little bit that he has given us on tonight. I don't even know if you noticed it, Labrette, but we've actually talked ourselves off the air. Uh, the live show oh, wow. has ended. However, yeah. <laughs> However, we're still recording. Um, we are dark, but we're still recording. So on the replay, the podcast edition, everything that you have been discussing since we've been off the air and what we will continue to discuss uh, will be available on the podcast edition and I'll send you that link out on tomorrow once I listen to it. But what I do now is I have a, about three more questions I want to ask you, and then um, I'm going to turn it into your hands for uh, – turn it into your hands like we're in church. You're going to get the benediction. But turn it into your hands <laughs> for you <laughs> to tell everybody how to get in touch with you and all of those things. But these are three questions I ask everybody once we're off the air. Um but I think I'm going to ask you four. I have four questions to ask you. Okay. The okay. first question that I want to ask you is you talked about um, ADHD and different LDs, different learning disabilities um, that you found yourself becoming familiar with as a child. Now, I look at that, and then I look at you now as an adult having completed your first, I'm sure, of many books. Okay. What do you say to that young person that is out there that has uh, been classified with ADD, ADHD, different learning disabilities, um, or just had negative things spoken over their lives? They feel, you know, like there's no way, no hope, no how, no positivity inside of them, whether it's because of their community, whether it's because of their family, whether it's because of, you know, what they have bought into themselves. What do you say to them? Um, that have that struggle with the belief that they can be successful at something. Don't listen to it. 
Don't feed into it. Just speak over yourself. My, I love my mother, and you know my mother. She only would do what she saw growing up. You know, she, you know, caught the name calling. You you never feed into. It. I never felt it fit, fed into it. You never feed into it. Yes, you may cry. It may hurt your feelings, but you never feed into it. And don't harden your heart towards mm. people that say it. That's that's the key, right? You hit that there too, that that harder than the heart, because once you yeah. harden your heart, you know nothing can get in, and you're not letting yeah. any of that out. So. Now, now the don't harden your question, heart. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that was it. That was it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you were going to elaborate on that. So I was like, okay. Well, I didn't know what else you were going to say about that. But the second question is. If everyone that's listening to the show right now, because you hit us with a lot of uh, things on tonight, if everyone forgot everything that you said tonight, what would be one thing that you want them to remember from this interview? That you can overcome anything, but you have to take the ability to make those steps forward. You can't ask God to make any steps forward unless you take four steps and then allow him to walk with you. That's it. You just move forward. Awesome, awesome. Now, the third question, here we uh, like to acknowledge, you see the name of the show is Transformation Radio. I'm big on transformation. Uh, So we like to acknowledge what we call transforming transformers. Transforming Transformers are mentors and those that have been our behind-the-scenes support systems that have helped us accomplish a lot of the things that we've accomplished and have been there with us during those low moments and help pick us up and help us, you know, rebuild ourselves and reprogram our hearts, our mind, and our spirit. Do you have one to three individuals that you would like to acknowledge who have served as transforming transformers in your personal life? Yes. Um, my mother, my great aunt, my spiritual mother. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, and then here's how we end every interview, all right? And be, now before we end the interview, I want you to tell the people how they can connect with you, and you've already given your website, but I want you to give your website again, I'll give your social media handles, everything. And if it's one thing, if you have anything else you want to say, you're welcome to say it during this before I get to the last question. So I'm going to turn it into your hands. Uh, social media will be Facebook will be Labrett Isaac Carl Foster II, the whole name. Um, <laughs> same thing for Instagram and same thing for Snapchat. Now, I'm warning everybody, my Snapchat has got a whole lot of people just as well as my Facebook. I don't discriminate. They could be porn stars, butt naked people. Mm-hmm. I'm not discriminating. Mm-hmm. They're all welcome mm-hmm. on my page, saved or unsaved. So I'm just warning you now. Um, that is – the website will be www.lebrettfoster.com. If it changes, you guys will definitely know. Um, but those are my social media platforms that I got so far. Twitter, I'm still working on. Awesome. Okay. Now, here's the last question. Lebrett, who is God to you? 
God is my knight in shining armor. <laughs> and that is <laughs> correct, true, all the way. That's my number one go-to. God is everything to me. Like, my mother, my mother even tell you, she ain't she ain't nothing to me when God when it's all be, when it's about me and God. She could be talking to me and the Lord mm-hmm. say something to me and she already know. And that's it's a wrap. I feel you. And what I love about this, I end every view every interview with that same question. And I can say I started this, I don't know if I did it in the beginning, but it's been about a year since I've done this. And not one time has anybody duplicated the same thing as God wow. being to them. And I, I do this because I want everybody to understand that regardless of how much revelation and understanding that we have of God, we will never be able to completely understand, in essence, Everything that God is We'll experience it yes. in different Seasons of our lives but we all Our interpretation of him and our Personal experiences if we Can listen to one another Will help unlock dimensions Of who God is To through and for each and every one of us So Labrette I thank you for Joining us on tonight I appreciate Your willingness to share As I, get, as I said earlier With our listening audience Each and every one of you that tuned in, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Without you guys, there would be no show. I mean, no point of me getting on, sitting behind a mic and talking to nobody. So I appreciate you guys. You make the show. I appreciate your feedback and your support. I encourage you to learn more about the show, to learn more about everything that I'm doing visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com, all right? If you have any ideas for the show, you want to give any feedback about the show, you can email me at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, LeBrett, thank you for joining us. Get uh, Listening audience, I encourage you to follow uh, LeBrett as well as support when the book comes back out. I encourage you to do that. And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, execute your vision. Peace. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment, and if you do, You may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, This is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.